Uh, so the thing that I like to be able to do is to be able to apply the knowledge and actually do something that you can see a difference in right away. With surgery, you get to use your hands, you get to identify a problem, and you go, I'm going to go do something about that problem right now. Always interested in hands-on science, Drew Brady, Dartmouth 96, decided on medicine by junior year and has spent his entire career in orthopedic surgery. But a surprise addition to his life ended up being the thing that would ultimately create a new connection to his college days. Find out how a straight path to your calling can sometimes bring you full circle on today's Roads Taken with me, Leslie Jennings Rowley. So today I'm here with Drew Brady, Dartmouth 96, and we're going to talk about where life has taken him since leaving the college on the hill and actually finding his way back there from now and then for uh, a new generation of reasons. So um, Drew, we usually start with who were you when you got to Dartmouth and when you were there? And then who did you think you were going to become? Oh, there you go. That's a nice open-ended question. Um, so who was I when I got to Dartmouth? I think I was a very quiet person, probably still uh, am a pretty quiet person. So I, I didn't get out a lot. Um, uh, I sort of had a good close-knit circle of friends uh, that I uh, had probably solidified sort of during sophomore year there. Um and continued along with with those people. I was I call myself a nerd, but I guess everybody at Dartmouth in some way uh, can be called a nerd. But didn't do a whole lot of going out and partying and, and that kind of thing. I, you know, spent my the first part of every Friday night was copying over all my notes from the week uh, and organizing them and color coding them, which I wish I could still do now because I really can't and I'm a little bit disorganized and scatterbrained now, uh, but I was a very organized person uh, at that point. Well, you had to be pre-med, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't know what I was going to be, really. I just kind of went there and just wanted to take some classes, and I knew it was you know, somewhere in the sciences I wanted to be, and uh, the medical thing kind of came out probably the end of sophomore year is when I started sort of gearing toward uh, the possibility of going into, going into medical school. Uh, but I was just uh, just like to doing, doing the science classes and the math classes and trying to be as good as those as I could. I was sort of very competitive academically. Uh, so I, I was the kind of person who wanted to be at the top of the class just basically for bragging rights, if not for, for anything else. So, you know, I fought with a couple of professors that gave me grades that I didn't think I deserved and, had a couple of them increase the grade, and uh, I was was not uh, afraid of arguing about grades at that point. And but I also was a guy who was in every single class, and I sat up front and took notes. And it was I had a, a mission academically, at least uh, while I was there, uh, to just try to do uh, as best I could academically. I was a gymnast all through high school, and I continued that at Dartmouth. Uh, actually, one of the places I was probably going to go and one of the I was leaning to the top of my uh, list was Cornell uh, and William and Mary, uh, because they both had very good gymnastics teams, uh, but they were also very good schools academically. And my dad told me, you can't just go to school to do gymnastics because that's not going to take you anywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, so you got to find a, a good school uh, for academics. And Cornell had a very, very competitive uh, gymnastics team. But I found out probably right before we had to make decisions on 
you know, committing to schools uh, that Cornell was dropping their gymnastics program. So their, their gymnastics program was only in operation for my freshman year at Dartmouth. Uh, and William and Mary, I loved, and they had a very competitive uh, team on the national uh, stage, uh, but they did not have offer engineering, which I thought mm-hmm. I was going to do. Um, and but I didn't do it. <laughs> so yeah. that's a whole, whole different thing. Um, but I ended up doing gymnastics all four years uh, at Dartmouth, uh, and that was kind of an individual pursuit because gymnastics was not a powerhouse at Dartmouth by any means, but we did have the option or the opportunity to compete. And, uh, you know, we did probably six to eight competitions every year. I ended up uh, qualifying for division two, three nationals all four years there. And, and me and the coach uh, went to those. What was your, what was your um, apparatus? Is that what you call it? I was never great at any one event. Yeah, but I was solid on everything. So I did all around. So I, I had a philosophy that I never did a meet that I didn't at least touch the event. Because if you didn't touch the event, you couldn't get um, credit for all around. So even on some times when I might have been hurt, I may have just kind of taken a 1.0, but at least it gave you an, an all around uh, score. Uh, so individual events, I liked the pommel horse, but I sucked at it. Oh. Um, and sort of my highest scoring events were probably still rings and high bar at that point, uh, cause they were fun and you could swing around a lot. And that was, that was a fun thing to do. Yeah. I look at what they do in gymnastics these days and there's no way I could do any of that at all. Completely back then different sport. It's a completely different sport. Yeah. The people yeah. now are, are, are beasts. And then I, uh, I pledged Alpha Phi Alpha fraternity, which is one of the um, historically black uh, fraternities uh, during my sophomore year. And that kind of helped solidify my, my social network there. Uh, and I think that was probably one of the best things I could have done on an extracurricular side of things. Still active uh, today at the, in the alumni level and also still somewhat active with the, the chapter that's still at, on campus in Hanover. Okay. So at graduation, by by then you'd figured out, okay, science and a way to apply that is through the medical profession, mm-hmm. applying to um, medical schools. And, and you're not really helping me with my theme mm-hmm. of not everybody has to be a superstar because you went off to Harvard, right? Harvard yeah. Medical School. And at that point, did you know this is the path I want to be on. I know exactly what I want to do. Or was it still kind of you were you were doing the all around <laughs> that you were still keeping open to uh, different kinds of medicine? Yeah, I would say that I'm, I've been lucky in some of the choices that I've made. Um, I was definitely keeping my, my mind open because I wasn't exactly sure of uh, what type of field of medicine uh, that I wanted to. And I probably sort of had kind of the optimistic, you know, I can do everything kind of a thing when I, when I first went uh, to medical school. Um, but I think fairly early, I narrowed it down to wanting to do some form of surgery. Uh, so the thing that I, I like to be able to do is to be able to apply the knowledge and actually do something that you can see a difference in right away. So I like the sciences of Dartmouth, but I couldn't see myself working in a lab. Uh, just because I'm not sure if I get results as quickly as I'd like to do. And then on the medical side of things, um, with surgery, you get to use your hands, you get to identify a problem, and you go, I'm going to go do something about that problem right now if I can. 
so that sort of led me down the surgical uh, side of things. And then being an athlete, um, uh, having a brother that had cerebral palsy and seeing some of his struggles with physical therapy. And uh, so a lot of the surgeries that he had um, as we were growing up, uh, that kind of and and also sort of in the back of my mind, having some of this biomechanical or engineering type um, thoughts going in the back of my head. Uh, it sort of just steer, steered me uh, down the path uh, of orthopedics. And then during my third year of medical school, I did my first elective uh, rotation was an away rotation at the University of Pennsylvania doing orthopedics. And I did that just because my wife was, her parents are from Philly. Uh, so I had a place that I could stay if I did a away rotation and did a, you know, I guess it was a four or six week away rotation at the University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia. Uh, doing orthopedics and it was great. Uh, and I was like, ah, I'd like to do this. And then I took three more elective rotations of orthopedics during my last uh, two years of medical school and said, this is what I want to do and applied and matched at a great program. And that's what you've been doing for nearly two decades, yep. right? That's what I've been doing. Yeah. And so you mentioned mm-hmm. your wife, um, when did you guys meet? What was what's that story? So we met at Dartmouth. I think we started dating during our sophomore summer. So she's a year ahead of us. So she's a ninety-five, but she did not spend her sophomore summer at Dartmouth. But she spent her junior summer at Dartmouth. What happens to be our sophomore summer? I knew who she was, but we hadn't really talked very much. Uh, and then. We both had friends that were kind of saying, oh, maybe you guys should talk to each other. And <laughs> I think there were other people who were in the background plotting. And somehow we ended up getting together. I think part of the reason why she'll say that we got together is because uh, she thought I was ignoring her. Oh, playing it. Cool. Two things that go behind <laughs> that is that one is that I don't talk to anybody just because I'm just a, a quiet kind of guy. I just, I, I don't just go up and just start talking to you just to start talking to you. Uh, and the second issue is that I am deaf in one ear. So if you're not standing on the correct side of me, you could have a whole conversation with me and I will have no clue that you're speaking. Uh, so I think it was one of those things that, you know, being sort of part of the African-American group on campus, you, you say hi to people when you see them. If you yell at them, you, you, you yell back and she'd yell at me and I didn't yell back. But it's probably not because I was ignoring her. It's just because I didn't hear her. Uh, and you were just playing uh, yeah. cool. She, uh, thought. she may have thought that and that, that piqued her interest. And then uh, when that whole sophomore and junior summer thing uh, turned around, we kind of ends up hitting it off. So was she with you in Cambridge? She was. Yeah. So, um, during, I guess, I guess, I don't even know when you get into medical school, I guess senior year, that senior fall or winter or whatever it is. Um, I started getting the acceptances to to medical school. I actually got a full scholarship to a, a Philadelphia medical school. And that was sort of a hard thing to think about turning down. But then I also, you know, I remember I was walking to gymnastics practice and I went, stopped by my Hinman box, picked up my mail, opened it up, so you got into Harvard. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I only applied there just to see if I could get in. I didn't think I was going to get in. Right. Um, so I get in and I go, gosh, what do you do? I mean, I got a full ride over here. I got into Harvard over here. Um, how do you say no to that? I actually called Harvard and was like, hey, this, these people gave me a full ride. You guys aren't giving me anything. 
can you help me out? And they were like, no. <laughs> yeah. We're Harvard. <laughs> if you don't come, somebody will. Um, That's right. So I, I ended up talking to, you know, my now wife, I guess we were just dating at that point. Um, and she had an opportunity to go to Leslie College in Cambridge to do a part teacher training and master's program. Uh, so once she got approved for, for that program, then we decided that we would go ahead and go to Harvard. So if I'd go to Boston, she'd go to Cambridge. Uh, so the first year we were there, I did my first year of med school. She did her, it was sort of an accelerated program. So she got her master's, she got her uh, teaching certificate. Uh, and then um, that's what she wanted to do. So it, it worked out really well for us. Yeah. And kind of this is foreshadowing of the story to come, but things got busy in your household pretty quickly there, right? She's doing that. And then you're in med school and you have a baby. We did. That was... Um, How do you have a baby in med good school? Good question. You'd think we'd know a little bit about biology at that point, but it was... Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I knew you figured it. I knew you knew that part. <laughs> but how do you manage yeah. it? I should have said. Uh, well, so it was a surprise. We were not trying to have a baby at that point. Um, and I don't necessarily recommend having a baby before you actually have income. Um, but you know, she mm. she was working at that point, so she was um, teaching. She had finished her her master's program. Uh, we actually had a full time teaching job in Boston uh, at that point. Um, but you just kind of get through. So one of the things that you know, Harvard has had at that time somewhat of a flexible um, schedule for the last two years uh, of medical school, which are all of your clinical rotations. Uh, so instead of taking vacations, I just kind of did all my clinical rotations in a row. Uh, so mm -hmm. Ashley was born in October of my senior year in medical school. Um, while I was doing my psychiatric, my psychiatry rotation, which was nice because um, as long as you showed up and you showed you were interested, they were happy to have you there. Um, and then it was also not a very clinically taxing rotation. Uh, so, you know, the baby came in there and I showed up the, to my rotation. They're like, did you just have a baby? Why are you here? Leave. We, we got this. Take care of it. Um, so Evelyn stayed home for the first three months on maternity leave. And that got us up to about uh, January or so. Um, and then my grandmother came in and moved in with us in our apartment in Boston for another three months. And that got us up to about April or so. And then during that time, I wasn't taking any vacations. I was just doubling up on getting all of my clinical rotations done. So I actually finished my requirements on clinical rotations about the April timeframe. So about a month or two ahead of where I needed to. So then I stayed home until graduation. Yeah. Great. And then you just make it work. Make it work. You do what you got to do. Yeah. So now kind of getting that head start on many of the rest of us, you have a Dartmouth baby. I do. Yep. She's a 21. Yeah. Uh, she should be graduating next June, which also corresponds with our 25th reunion. And yeah, exactly. Our 25th wedding anniversary. Oh my gosh. What yeah. a year. So when she was contemplating colleges, what did that feel like for you? And how did, did she want your advice? Did she not? What was the process? Um, so our Ashley is independent and headstrong when she wants to be. So if she wants your advice, she'll tell you what it is and give it to, you know, give it to herself. Uh, she'll listen to you when she wants to listen to you. When she doesn't want to listen to you, she won't. We were kind of Dartmouth all the way <laughs> this whole time. So we were kind of 
jamming it down her throat. And we'd, we'd go up to homecoming every once in a while. We'd go up to BATA re, uh, alumni reunions, which is the Black Alumni Dartmouth Association. Or if my fraternity was doing something, we'd kind of take trips and we'd take her up there with us. And then in her junior year, we did the whole college trip thing and the whole family did the down south trip. And then my wife and, and Ashley did the up north trip and she went to Colgate and Dartmouth and all this kind of stuff. And then after that, we just tried to let her make her own decision. And then it seems like it came down. She was like, I really want to go to Dartmouth. Uh, and during the end of her junior year and her senior year, she was saying, that's my first choice. That's where I want to go. Uh, and she actually applied to Dartmouth early and did not get in oh. and that was devastating to say the least yeah for yeah. everybody right <laughs> um so then she did i mean i think she hadn't finished applications anywhere else because she was like i'm going to dartmouth so then we did the whole scramble thing for the last two weeks in december and she applied to a bunch of schools and then she started kind of broadening her horizons to to where she wanted to go uh, and then you know we cried and screamed and and then we let things play out. And then she started getting into um, a bunch of other schools. And then my, my wife actually was like, you know what? She got into NYU. I think she's going to be a New York kid. That's where she's going to go. And then one day we're in the kitchen. She's down in her room. And uh, she came upstairs and then said, um, I'm going to Dartmouth. You need to pay the deposit. I said yes and signed up already. She did that completely on her own without talking to us at all. She just... <laughs> She got the letter or she got the email, I guess. It said she was in, accepted it online, oh and then God. told us afterwards. <laughs> well, she probably had an inkling that you would not be sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so what has it been like watching her progress now to her senior, almost senior year, um, yeah. having her find her way? Has it been a challenge to let her do that on her own or... Yeah, I think it's 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 been a challenge, but at the same time, I think she has done very well. She's she's impressed me in terms of how she's managed there. Um, when she is with us in the house, she's able to drive you nuts when she's here with you. She's your daughter. That's her job. Exactly. Right. right. But at the same time, when she is out in the world doing her thing on her own, it impresses me how well she's able to navigate if she's at home, she can't find where the soap is. But when she's out on her own, she can figure out how to take a trip down to New York for the weekend or how to do whatever. I mean, she she did an away internship in California and she was staying in somebody's makeshift garage and the power went out and she figured out how to call an electrician and reset the electrical breakers in a house that she didn't live in. <laughs> and, like my daughter? And I'm like, really? She could do that? But when she's at home, she doesn't know how to like put a cup in the sink. Um, so she has done very well. She had a little bit of academic struggles her first term at Dartmouth. I think it surprised her a little bit. And after that, she has flourished and done extremely well and advocated for herself and 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 done just fine. And now she's about to you know, graduate in a year. And so what either overtly or through watching her, have you learned from her either about life or about Dartmouth or about something you didn't know? What have you learned from her? I think I've learned maybe that we don't do as bad a job as parents as we think we do. 
And I think I've learned that if you just let them go, they're going to figure it out. We probably figured it out too, because, you know, at Dartmouth, my mom wasn't, you know, my mom and dad weren't in my business all the time. They weren't calling me, asking me how my classes were going and, you know, what are you doing here or there? They were just there to say, all right, you're in school, do your thing. We're a little bit more hands-on. I think that's sort of just kind Mm -hmm. of our generation is generally just more hands-on, but we probably don't need to be because they're going to figure it out and they're going to do just fine. So anything we haven't touched on that you want to make sure that you impart wisdom or? Um, I, I think, you know, Dartmouth was a great experience. I mean, clearly for, for me, because, I mean, I, my wife is from there. My daughter's now there. I got one more kid that we're going to try to get in. We'll <laughs> see how that works. And, you know, we've been bleeding green since we left. Uh, I'm actually, I'm more in touch with my undergraduate uh, experience than I am with my grad school experience. So Dartmouth does something yeah. to people. Uh, it kind of gets gets in their their blood and you know we still have green stuff all over the place and you know I was did not want to necessarily go to an Ivy League school but I'm happy that I picked Dartmouth I think it's probably one of the best decisions I could have made because it's got me to a, a pretty good place that's great well I'm I'm pleased that you did too so that our paths could cross and I look <laughs> forward to seeing you up there sometime hopefully at reunion or otherwise And wish you all, your whole family, wish you the best of luck. Thanks a lot. This was fun. That was Drew Brady, MD, an orthopedic surgeon in Delaware. You can find him at First State Orthopedics at firststateortho.com. And find me, Leslie Jennings Rowley, on the next episode of Roads Taken.